There are lots and lots and lots of how to get started podcast gurus and coaches out there. And I know some of them personally, and they do a very good job, but I kind of feel like most people could probably do this thing on their own if they only had a little bit of help. And so on this episode of Podcastification, after realizing I've never actually talked about how to start a podcast, I'm going to talk about how to start a podcast. My name is Kerry Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is Podcastification. This show is all about podcasting, how to do it, how not to do it, best practices, interesting news items that have to do with the realm of podcasting, and who knows what else. And I'm trying to do it all with a little bit of fun and some information to help you get a show going, keep yours going, or make it better. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it, oh, so appreciate it, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. You can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. Okay, with a teaser like that, I know that for most people, the intimidation about starting a podcast is all the technical stuff. You know, you don't know anything about RSS feeds and media hosts and ID3 tags and all that stuff. And hey, I don't know a whole lot about all that stuff either. Wait, what? But I have successfully started three podcasts of my own and have been able to build a podcast production company that does podcast editing, production, posting, all of that stuff for, at this point, 35 clients every single month. So it feels to me like I know a little bit about what it takes, and I feel like it's simple enough that I can tell you how to do it. So let's dive into it. Step number one for starting your very own podcast. Have something valuable to say. <laughs> Isn't it always fun to do effects on voices and stuff like that? Well, hey, having something valuable to say, bleh, if I could talk, it'd be great. Having something valuable to say doesn't mean you have to have some profound insight. It doesn't mean you have to have expert skill. It means what you have to say has to be of value to your particular audience. You know, the people you're trying to reach. So that could be an entertainment value. That could be an educational value. That could be an encouragement value. That could be simply an enjoyment value. Whatever kind of value you're adding, you need to make sure you have something to say. Now, this can be kind of a fine line because there are podcasts out there that, in my opinion, are just stuff and nonsense. They're just a mess. They just, well, they're just kind of. I can't stand listening to this guy on the radio every morning. You know what I mean? There's just not much of value there. So I'm going to leave it up to you to determine what is valuable and what is not for your specific niche audience. But man, I can't tell you how important it is that you have something valuable to say. 
Okay, step number two. Figure out who it is you're talking to. You need to know who your audience is that you're trying to reach. I mean, very few podcasts are going to appeal to the broader demographic of every person who listens to podcasts. It's just impossible. I mean, you'll have some shows like, you know, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History that appeals to a lot of people because of its production value and its entertainment value and its education value. And there's a lot of people who enjoy that kind of stuff. But I guarantee you, Dan is not shooting to get every person who listens to podcasts to listen to his show, though he would very much love that. The point is, he is reaching out to history buffs, people who love to know the ins and outs and intricacies and backstory behind the stories that we hear in history class. That's who Dan Carlin's Hardcore History is reaching out to. My show right here, for example, I'm reaching out to people who are interested in podcasting, who like to podcast themselves, who would like to get better at podcasting. But do you see the common denominator in all those? Podcasting. It's people who are into this particular thing we're doing right now and the thing you're interested in learning how to do or to do better. So figure out who your audience is so that you can speak more specifically to them. And what I'd encourage you to do on this is once you figure out who that audience is, forget about everybody else. I don't mean don't care about them or write them off as human beings. Who are you and what are you doing here? What I'm saying is when it comes to how you package your message and who you're trying to address, don't think about all those people who are outside your audience. Just be really specific and clear and speak directly to them. So if there's nomenclature and things like that that only your audience would understand, don't be afraid to use them. Unless, of course, part of your target audience is people who want to learn about your particular topic, then you may want to take a little bit of time to explain those kind of things. But regardless, don't get all caught up in trying to appeal to everyone. That's one of the lessons I've learned, both in building a business online, in doing podcasts online, in building out a coaching business online. I mean, all those things, I can't be worried about what the people I don't want to hire me are going to think about what I have to say. Haters going to hate. I just got to do what I'm going to do. Because I know that it adds value to my specific audience. Okay, so you may be a little impatient because I haven't gotten to the technological stuff yet. Hey, just cool your jets, man. We're going to get there. In fact, let's get there now. The next thing I would suggest that you do is decide how you want to do your recording, okay? Is that exciting? We're getting into technical stuff. So that's going to, at the very least, and this is how I would suggest you start out, include a decent microphone and a way to record yourself. Now, if you're going to include guests, you're going to need to figure out a way to record them, which we'll get to in a moment. But let's start out just with you. Let me tell you a little simple trick that I'm using right at this very moment. I have one microphone plugged directly into my computer via a USB port and a copy of Audacity, which is free software, by the way, that I'm recording into. And that is it. You hear a lot of those podcast coaches tell you, you need a mixer board or you might need a digital recorder or you need something to back up your recording, all that. You know, I've been going over four years here. 
without those things, without those redundancies, and I've not had need for it. Now, that doesn't mean it can't happen. I mean, I just heard Dave Jackson over at School of Podcasting talking about a snafu he had where his even his backup didn't work and he lost his recording. You know, I know that can happen. I know it does happen. But you know, the way that I look at it, the number of times it happens doesn't warrant me spending the money or taking the extra time in my setup every time that I'm going to record an episode to warrant me getting that equipment, getting it all set up, etc. I just don't need it. And my feeling is that since you may be just starting out, you are not going to need those things either. So a simple USB microphone, the one I'm using right now is called an Audio-Technica or ATR 2005. There's also an ATR 2100. Both of them are essentially the same thing. They plug directly into your USB port and then you can download Audacity from the internet. The link to that free software can be found in the show notes for this episode, podcastfasttrack.com slash 68. Or if you're using a fancy dancy podcast player on your smart device, you can slide to the description, however you do that on your device and find the link right there in the resources. So that's really all you need to start recording is a simple microphone and a free copy of software. Now, people say all the time, yeah, but what about Pro Tools? What about Hindenburg? What about Adobe Audition? You know, those are professional grade softwares. Hey, I get that. There are better softwares out there. But for what podcasting is, which is usually a mono audio file with basic encoding and basic all this technical stuff you don't really need, you don't need those professional grade softwares to put out a great sounding product. Plus, there are free tools on the internet that can help you optimize your audio levels once you get them recorded. So I don't see any of those as a reason to switch to something more fancy-dancy. I've actually used Audacity for the entire course of all three of my podcasts. I've never used a different piece of software unless I'm recording a guest in a different location, and I'll get to that in a moment. And Audacity has always been just fine. And over the course of time, I've actually become very proficient at Audacity. In fact, I would say I probably know Audacity for podcasting better than almost anybody out there. And that's not bragging. That's just saying what can happen when you use free software and you make the most of it. In fact, if you would like to cut the learning curve on learning how to use Audacity, I actually have a three-part course for learning Audacity called, drumroll please... Audacity for podcasting. Isn't that an original name? You can find it at audacityforpodcasting.com and in the links for this episode in the show notes. So anyway, back to my point. You don't need complicated equipment to start podcasting. Now, what I would suggest is once you get your equipment, you should just start recording a little bit just to get familiar with the process. Learn your software, start speaking into it, Get used to the sound of your own voice because what's going to happen is once you start podcasting about your particular topic, you're going to bring your personality into it. You're going to need to be natural. So you need a little bit of practice. I I wouldn't say take a long time on this, but just get comfortable with the process, with what it takes. If you have to make bullet point lists to remind yourself of things, do that so that you can learn it faster and make it more enjoyable sooner. Okay, once you get your equipment thing all figured out, 
You need to start doing some recording. And how are you going to decide what you need to record about? Well, the way that I suggest to people that they do this, especially if you are in any way knowledgeable about the topics that you're going to be covering, and by the way, you should be, (laughs) you can write down a list of topics very simply. And here's how I'd go about doing it. I would first get out a sheet of paper or pull up a document on your computer and write a big heading across the top that is the name of your podcast. Underneath that, write a brief description of what your show is about, what you're going to talk about, the kinds of things you're going to do. And then underneath that, do what I would call a brain dump. And what you're going to do is without hesitation, just start writing down all the topics you could possibly cover on your podcast. So make a bullet point outline just one after another. Don't stop to think. Don't stop to get critical and analyze the ideas. Don't stop to figure out if they're good ideas or not. Just get them out of your head and keep doing that as long as you can. Just keep writing. Don't give yourself time to think because what you're going to find is that you're probably going to get a sheet of about 20 to 25 ideas. Okay. That's a pretty good start for a podcast if all those topics are actually things you can talk about for an entire episode. And so that's how I would start. Get your brain dump listed out in all your bullet point outlines. Then under each of those, make two or three bullet points and say, what could I say about that topic? And if you can narrow it down into about three points, that's ideal because most people's attention span is pretty short. And it will make it easier for you as a beginning podcaster to just get your legs under you by doing some shorter episodes. Now, let me say something about time frames here for a second. There's a lot of debate out there about time frames and should your show be long? Should it be short? Should it be this? Should it be that? I tend to agree with Rob Walsh, who's been on my show a couple of times before, actually three times, I believe. And Rob says your show needs to be long enough to say what you need to say effectively. And that's it. And I agree with him because if your show is not that, I mean, if you just ramble on and on and say all kinds of things, you know, like you did at your Aunt Sophie's wedding and, you know, Aunt Sophie was wearing that blue blouse, you know, the one with the yellow flowers, you know, not the pink flowers, the yellow flowers. Well, maybe it wasn't a blouse. Maybe it was a pantsuit. I don't know exactly what it was, but, you know, it was that Aunt Sophie's wedding. I mean, you get the point. If you just ramble and ramble, your show's going to turn into this menagerie of messiness that you really don't want it to be. Oh man, that sound just, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. It just grates on my nerves. I remember as a kid hearing cats outside, but oh, oh, it just drives me crazy. Anyway, you don't want your show to be that. You want your show to be engaging, to be something your listeners enjoy listening to. In fact, you want them to anticipate it showing up in their podcast app every single time that you publish. So make sure you keep it succinct, etc. And I say all that just out of the point of don't worry about length. Just record what you need to record. And so as you're doing that bullet point list, trying to decide if there's enough you could say on this particular one that you wrote out in your brain dump, hey, relax. Just say what you can say. And if you decide as you're looking at it, it's really not enough to say and it wouldn't be of enough value. You're doing your listeners a service by deciding that and cutting it from your list. But my suspicion is most people who are ambitious enough to do a podcast, and especially about a specific topic that they are interested in and that they know others are interested in, 
probably have enough knowledge on the things that they've just brain dumped onto that page that they'll be able to come up with a number of pretty interesting, engaging, and helpful episodes. So once you've gone through that bullet point list and you've made subheadings underneath one of the topics you can talk about under that topic, you've probably got five to eight to 10 episodes right there that you could talk about. And I would suggest you go on from there and make a little more of a structured outline of what you're going to talk about, any illustrations, whatever. Now, if you're doing a guest kind of show, which there's a lot of them out there. So I would encourage you, if you're going to do a guest show, bring some unique perspective to it. But anyway, if you're going to do a guest show, that's going to be totally different. You're going to have to figure out who you want to interview specifically, what kind of person, why you would be interviewing them and what your topic would center around. And I would suggest you put some kind of unique spin on it so that it wouldn't be just the same old, same old answer, these same 10 questions about your story as everybody else is asking. You get the point? I just feel like there's so many shows like that out there. You want yours to be unique because you want it to be something people don't tire of listening to. That's really the point. You want your audience to be able to remain loyal and you are the one who enables them to be able to remain loyal by making it something they actually enjoy. So, Interview shows, I've done some episodes on this podcast about doing good interviews. You can scroll back through the older episodes and listen to those. I would really appreciate that. And uh, you might get some help there about interviews. So you've got your topics. You've got your podcast equipment. Can you guess what the next step is? It's time to start doing some recordings. Now, I'm going to have to be honest with you here. This is probably going to be the most awkward and frustrating and difficult part of the whole process right here when you start doing your recordings right off the bat. And the reason is most people who are eager to do a podcast, they're not so intimidated that they're not going to do it, but they may not be skilled public speakers. And so you're going to have some time fumbling. You're going to have filler words like ums and uhs and pauses that are going to happen. Don't sweat all that stuff. Don't let that deter you. You're going to have those things. And that's the beauty of learning how to use your editing software. You can go back through and edit those things. And yes, the editing can take a long time. But if you use a course like My Audacity for podcasting, it's going to teach you some hacks and tricks and things like that to help you make your editing time much quicker. So you need to get proficient at your software. But the point being on this, you know, you're going to have some difficulty at first, kind of getting into your rhythm, learning what your style is. And, you know, your style really is not something you have to overanalyze. Your style is really the way you would talk to someone at a dinner party or when you're at a friend's house for a game night or when you're sitting at dinner at the restaurant talking to someone over the table. That is your style. And that is who you need to be. Because the unique you that you are is going to resonate with the people who see the particular niche that you're addressing through the same kind of lens as you do. And so there's going to be a natural affinity, a natural attraction that happens there. So don't sweat it too much at first, even though it feels awkward and you may not like the sound of your voice and all that kind of stuff. Just get some recordings done. And yes, you may want to do a little bit of editing on them here and there, but don't sweat them. Don't. Don't wait for it to be perfect because it will never 
be perfect. If you listen to this podcast for any length of time, you'll hear on the end of some of the episodes, there's outtakes, you know, little flubs, little goofs that I've done that are things that I messed up in the midst of the recording. I just throw them on the end of the episode when they happen so that you can just see, you know, I don't take myself too seriously. I don't take the podcast too seriously, but yet the podcast is able to add value. Because you know, the reality is you wouldn't still be listening to this show 20 minutes into it if it wasn't adding some kind of value to you. So the same thing is going to be true of your show, even though it's not perfectly professional, like some of those NPR shows or Gimlet Media radio shows you hear, it's still going to serve your audience. So don't sweat it. Just get those basic recordings done. And how many should you do? Well, Rob Walsh, my friend from Libsyn, would say, just get one done and get it published and out there just so you can get over that hump. I mean, I totally agree with what he's saying in terms of the sentiment, but I would say, you know, get one, two, three done. Just get them done so you can kind of get into a rhythm, get into a flow. I would even encourage you to batch record them. And that's a term you may not be familiar with. It just means record them all the same day, record them all back to backs. You've already got your software open. You've already got your bullet point outlines in front of you. Get a glass of water, sit down, record them. Do them all at once. You'll find that as you do that, your second episode will probably feel better and be better than your first. And your third episode will be better than your third and probably feel better as well. So, because after all, it really is all about how you feel about it, isn't it? Feelings. Oh, feelings. Trying to forget my feelings of love. Boy, that was terrible. (laughs) I can't believe I did that. All right. So you've got some recordings done. You've got your equipment. I mean, you know everything we've talked about. What is the next step? Here's where we get into another piece of the technology. And it's really not all that hard. Okay, the next thing you need to do is find yourself what is called a media host. A media host. Don't let the term get you all in a knot. Media host is just a place online that is going to host your media, your audio file. Isn't it quite uh, polite sounding when you say it that way? You see, a media host is a company that is designed to Hold, store, keep your media file, your audio that you've just recorded, and to serve it up to people who want to listen to it. So that would be iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or, you know, Spreaker Radio, anybody that you submit your show to. And that deserves a little bit of explanation. You see, many people think that you upload your audio to iTunes. That's not true. iTunes does not contain your audio. The best way to think of iTunes is that it's like a big directory, like an old style phone book, where it's just listings of people and shows and products and books and things that you can find to consume. And podcasts are one of those things. And so iTunes doesn't want all your audio files on their computer servers. They have better things to do with their computer space, but they do want the information about your file. And so what you're going to do is you're going to host that file somewhere else on the internet at a media host. 
And there are quite a few different media hosts out there. The big players in the industry, the ones that I've used the most and that I would say are the best of the ones that I've interacted with, are Libsyn, which is Liberated Syndication, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com, and Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-Y. No, no, that's not it. B-L-U-B-R-R-Y, two R's. And you see, Blueberry has no E's. I think we're allergic to E's in online naming conventions for some reason. But regardless, Libsyn and Blueberry are two great options. You can host your media files there. There's also some free ones like Pinecast. And free may catch your attention really quickly, and free is a good thing. But, you know, read the fine print. Sometimes what you get for free is not what you really want for free. For instance, I think Pinecast limits the number of episodes that you can host on their site in the free plan. And, you know, it's a freemium type model where they're trying to get you on for free and then talk you into a higher paying program later on. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you just need to know that free is not always free. So there's also the option of hosting your files on Amazon S3, which is another storage medium for online media. Regardless, it doesn't really matter which one you use as long as you pick one that you feel good about. And then you're going to create an account with that particular hosting service, and it'll be a monthly subscription fee of some sort, like $5 or $10 a month or something like that. I mean, you could do without one Starbucks per month. Come on, can't you? I mean, coffee's important. I grant it. If you've ever seen pictures of my studio, the, the wall behind me is all coffee bags. So, I, you know, I care about coffee, but coffee, you know, you can do without one cup per month in order to pay for your media hosting. Come on, even two cups. I mean, it's worth it if you're going to do this podcast thing, right? So you're going to set up your media host account. Each of them that's worth their salt is going to have some kind of a tutorial or some kind of a walkthrough that's going to show you how to set it up step by step. So don't let the technology scare you. Just set it up according to their instructions, and then you're able to start uploading media. Now, the one I'm most familiar with is Libsyn, and I can tell you in Libsyn's case, and I'm sure it's the same with Blueberry and some others, they have an extensive library of videos showing you step-by-step step with the soothing voice of Crystal telling you how to do the Libsyn steps to host your audio. And that's a bad Crystal imitation, but you get the point. Crystal is a great person. She works with Libsyn support and she does all these great videos. And it shows you very simply, very easily, very visually how to do it yourself. So don't be intimidated. Just get started. Just buy the media hosting account. Suck it up if dollars are an issue, you know, do without the coffee and make it happen. Then, how does iTunes get your information? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's the next step in the process. Now, it's kind of funny. We always talk about iTunes as the place to get listed. And there is a reason for that. It's because iTunes is the big dog in the space. They are the 400-pound gorilla that you really need to pay attention to. That's where most people go to find podcasts. You know, they list the most podcasts most likely. But there are other directories as well that you should get listed in. And in every case, the way you get listed typically is to submit your show to them. So you have to actively take part in this. They don't just go find your show magically through some kind of internet fairy dust. Hey kids, it's the internet. You've got to take an active part in submitting your show to the directories. Every one of them 
has a pretty simple way to do it. And the ones I would suggest you start out with at least are iTunes, which is now called Apple Podcasts. So I guess I should get used to saying the right name. That's how they want it. So I will provide links to all of these in the show notes for this episode at podcastfasttrack.com slash 68. So there is Apple Podcasts. There is also one called Stitcher. There is also Google Play. There's also Podbean. There are also a handful of others that you might be interested in getting into, including Spreaker Radio. So I will include links for how you can go through the process to get your show listed in all those directories in the show notes previously mentioned for this episode. Now, one thing you need to be aware of, you will also need what is called cover art. It's that piece of artwork that you see for a podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher, Google Play, whatever, that represents that show. It's a graphic piece. And you can get these created on Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, for five bucks, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, something like that. And most of those designers will work with you to make sure that it's what you want it to be. But here's what I would recommend regarding your cover art. Your cover art by iTunes standards has to be at least 1400 pixels by 1400 pixels. So it's a square image. And if you don't know what a pixel is, don't worry about it. Just remember that and communicate that to the person you hire on Fiverr who's going to do your design. But this cover art, I mean, let's think about this. Go onto iTunes or Stitcher or wherever yourself and look at the cover art that you find there. What you will notice is there are certain ones of those cover art pieces that stand out to you, that grab your attention, that draw you in with curiosity to know what that podcast is about. That is how you want your cover art to look. Now, you'll also notice there's someone there that you look at and they just look. It's just so cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of bad and unprofessional. And there's nothing about it that makes you want to click on it. You know, that's not what you want your cover art to be. So look at those ones that are appealing and say, what's appealing about it? Is it easy to read? Is it, is it eye-catching? Are the colors popping? Choose what you think matches both your topic and your brand of your podcast, as well as is appealing to the eye. That's how you want your cover art to look. And keep in mind, most of the time, this cover, it's going to be a tiny little image. So you don't want it overrun with text. You don't want complicated images that are going to be hard to decipher by the human eye when they're in a tiny little size. You want something that's easy to recognize or at least eye-catching that draws them in. And that cover art is something you will need to have when you submit to the directories. So don't miss that step. And one other thing about submitting to these wonderful directories is that most of these will require some sort of approval process. So just because you submit your show doesn't mean it's automatically in. Some of them do work that way, but not all of them. So you'll submit your show in and anywhere from 12 to 24 hours to two weeks, you know, depending on the service, you will receive confirmation via email that your show is now included in the such and such directory. And so now that you have that done, your show is what I would call live. Your show is findable. 
by people who search those particular directories to find their next favorite podcast. But that's not the end of it. Honestly, by all intents and purposes, you have started a podcast. Congratulations. But that's not the end of the story as far as I'm concerned. Because if you're podcasting and nobody hears it, did you really say anything? Don't mean to get philosophical on you there, but it kind of makes a point. I mean, do you want to spend your time recording, getting the equipment, setting things up, paying for a media host, submitting to directories, and not many people really find you? I mean, now don't get me wrong. If 10 people are hearing what you have to say and they care passionately about what you're saying, and their lives are impacted for the better because of what you're saying, I would say it's worth that 15 bucks a month that you're spending and the equipment that you purchased. It's absolutely worth it because you're changing human lives for the better. But the reality is you can have a greater impact than that. I know that you can. And part of what you want to do from there is to take it upon yourself to get the word out about your podcast. And there's a number of ways you can do this. But before I get into the ways that you can do this. I got to make a little, I don't know, a little pointer here, give you some guidance on how to do and how not to do what I'm about to say. As always, should you or any member of your IM force be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow all knowledge of your action. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck. You do not want to be that guy or gal who's on social media saying, Here's my latest episode. Listen to this. Here's my latest episode. Listen to this. Here's my latest episode. Listen to this. Believe me, you don't want to be that guy because what happens is people see that immediately as self-promotional, which it is. But what I mean by that is it's not really interested in their betterment or their well-being. It's just interested in getting numbers to go up on downloads and listens. You want to approach your promotion in a way that makes what you're sharing of benefit to other people. And that often requires that you first build relationships with people. So maybe I should have said this one way back before I even got you started on how to start a podcast. And that is you should be on social media in the places where your audience hangs out. Maybe those are Facebook groups or maybe those are Twitter chats, I don't know what they might be. Maybe it's on Reddit. I I have no idea. But wherever the people interested in your topic hang out, you need to be there yesterday. And you need to be forming relationships. I'm not talking about hawking your stuff or telling people you have a podcast coming up. I'm talking about building genuine relationships. This is the social part of social media. You should be sharing with people from your knowledge. Helping them, genuinely wanting to see them understand or come to understand what it is that you're talking about. If people ask questions that you can answer, you need to generously and kindly answer those questions with no expectation of anything in return. See, what you're doing is you're building trust. You're building relationships. And if you want to couch it in marketing terms, you're building a fan base before they even know that you have anything for them to be a fan of. I guess you could say they're becoming a fan of you as a person. And that goes a long way when you finally have that podcast on the directories and are able to mention it to people. So 
you could say to those people, once you've built the relationships, Hey, I have this new thing I'm working on. I'm very curious what you might think. It's a podcast about these subjects that we've talked about from time to time. Would you do me a favor and give it a listen and give me your feedback? And let people say yes or no, let them opt in or not. You know, you don't want to be high pressure. You don't want to be that used car salesman who's just driving and driving and never objections overcome. And you just keep pushing for the sale. You know, that's the bad image of salespeople. I mean, true salespeople are people who care about other people, people who want to help solve problems and bring value to that person's life. And that's in a sense what you're doing when you're promoting your podcast. And I I shudder to even use the word promote because it may give the wrong connotation. How about this? Sharing what you're doing on your podcast with other people. That sounds a lot more palatable in some ways, doesn't it? You've got to be proactive in that. You've got to take an active part in it. And you may not like to hear this next part, but it's an ongoing process. You have to keep on doing it through relationships through groups you're a part of, even in real life, as you talk to people, it wouldn't be a bad idea to get business cards made up that aren't really a business card, but it actually just has the name or logo of your podcast has, you know, the way to, uh, you know, find your podcast, that kind of stuff. So that people who are interested can be handed a card and told, Hey, I would appreciate you giving it a listen and giving me feedback on what you think. You know, those are ways you can go about promoting your show. And keep in mind, this is a long game. It's not something that happens overnight. You can't expect to publish your first five episodes and in three months, you're going to have 10,000 listeners. It's just not going to happen that way. It's a long game. As you consistently, over time, put out great content, people are going to find you because the people who have found you are going to share it. By word of mouth. That's what's happened with this podcast. That's what's happened with every one of my podcasts. And you, by the way, could be a part of that by sharing this episode with someone you think might be interested in learning how to go about podcasting from square one. You could do that using that fancy dancy little smart app that you have on your phone. Find the sharing functionality and you can probably share this episode specifically with that person through text or email or even blast it on social media. But make sure you do so in a way that adds value to people's lives. And before I wrap it all up here, I did mention that I would address the issue of doing interviews with people. There are quite a few ways you can do this. There are services out there that record over the internet for you, like Zencaster, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. Notice we're allergic to the E in that syllable again. There's also Ringer, R-I-N-G-R, again, feeling allergic here. There is also Clean Feed. Ooh, ooh, there's three E's in that one. All of those uh, to their recording in your internet browser. So there's some glitches that can happen because internet browsers update all the time for security reasons, but those are three really good options. There's also ways you can record via Skype over long distances. There's like VoIP call recorder. There's Apple call recorders. I don't know what they're called because I'm not an Apple guy, but all you Mac guys can just come in on this episode and let me know. But there are ways you can attach those to Skype and do recordings over that. A new service or fairly new service that people are using a lot lately is called Zoom.us that people are using to record content when it's a conversation like that. You can do any of those kinds of things and you can even record 
in person. Now, if you're going to record in person, you're going to run into some technical hurdles because of the way Audacity works with only one input that I'm not going to be able to get into in this particular episode of the podcast. But if you're interested in that, you know, comment, respond, let me know. Maybe I'll do an episode about that kind of thing. Hello. Well, there you have it. That's my simplified approach to publishing a podcast. I don't think it's all that hard. If you follow it step by step, you could be up and running in a week's time, I think, if you have some extra time to devote to it. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. You can always find me through email probably is the best way. Carrie, C-A-R-E-Y at podcastfasttrack.com. Now you know what time it is. Go out and make it a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes, all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day. Audio editing and show notes by podcastfasttrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show. It wouldn't be adding value if you weren't listening to it. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Maybe I should say you wouldn't be listening to it if it didn't add value. Well, there's an outtake right there. Now it's fine. Blah, blah, blah. I wish I could talk today.